Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, which, which is somewhat of a paraphrase. Um, he really adds a lot in there. But I really felt this morning it was going to help some of you um, be able to understand a little bit what Caleb was talking about, how to get it from your head to your heart. Amen? And we were sharing on Tuesday night, which was really powerful. I would go back and watch it on Facebook. We have the post in there or whatever. Um, but when we go from our head, basically we renew our mind, renew our mind, renew our mind. We're supposed to renew our mind. Amen. We're supposed to read the word knowing we're putting it in our brain. Amen. But when it comes out of our mouth, it needs to come out by the spirit. Amen. So in other words, so when I'm asking the Lord, what are we doing? What are we doing today? You know, I'm talking to him during all this and he, he puts on my heart. And he put the word deliverance on my heart. So I looked up deliverance, but the scripture that talked about deliverance was actually in Romans. And it really isn't about the kind of deliverance I thought we were going to teach on, but it's what I could tell he wants to teach on. Amen. So what happens is you, you have it here. So I knew the word deliverance is in scripture, right? Because I renewed my mind. And then I'm talking to the Lord. Well, what is it you want to do today, Lord? What are we doing? And then he puts on my heart to go look up the, the deliverance. And when I see... The only almost scripture where it actually uses the word deliverance instead of in, you know, in Jesus name or whatever way you do deliverance. Then I, I come across this and it's about, it's talking about what Caleb was explaining. Like he did, he kept focusing on his sin and focusing on his sin and wanting to be free, but it wasn't causing freedom. Amen. Until he got his eyes on the Lord. And, um, and, and I just, and I just love it when you guys get up and minister and then I hear the seeds God had me plant in you and others, but come out, you know, because it's yours. Amen. If it's real, it's his word and it comes out of you, out of your spirit. And there's power in that. And nothing makes someone who is a real Bible uh, minister, teacher, loves the word of God than to hear someone make that word their own by Holy Spirit, and then really understand it and use it. Amen. That's what this is about. This isn't about getting more hid knowledge. This is about getting a real heart knowledge of who God is and how this works. And it is amazing. The Holy Spirit is the I am. He is God. It is his time. It is his season. And he, just like Jesus came in his time and his season to become Lord of all. Amen. And walked through what he had to walk through and hung out with people and did the whole from baby to 33 to cross. Amen. He did the whole thing. Now these all Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are God. Amen. It's amazing they would do this. And then Jesus himself said, it's better that I go that I send the Holy Spirit. So how many knows it's better that he went that he sent the Holy Spirit? But there's a reason it's better. It's better because we're supposed to have spiritualized spiritual ears and be led by the Holy Spirit. Every one of us not having to wait for a meeting to go to. And, and there's, you know, and they saw Jesus or talked to one of his disciples, but knowing he is living inside of us. If you really get that he lives inside of you. You, you will know that sickness has to go. You will know that everything of, of the law of sin and death has got to go. But you have to decide that you believe God's word and you're asking the Holy Spirit to do whatever it takes to make that real. Amen. You really do have a really great friend in the Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. He's the comforter. He's the father. He's everything God is inside of you. Okay, when Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the father. So looking at Jesus and looking at the gospels and Holy Spirit revealing the gospels, you see the father. Amen. You see exactly what he's like, what he looks like, who he is. Jesus is the father who took on flesh and came forth as a son. Amen. And he, he's exactly like him. They, 
when I talk to Holy Spirit, he does not like the way we keep trying to divide them up. But our carnal minds have a hard time not doing that. Amen? We kind of have a hard time understanding that God can operate in a different way than we do. Amen? God is spirit, people. And when you are born again, you are now spirit. And your spirit being is supposed to be <laughs> in charge of you. Your spirit man is one with Holy Spirit. And you need to call it an enemy, even if it's your great IQ that gets in the way of being led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So Romans 7, 1, and this is the Passion Translation. I'm going to read quickly because I know people want to get out of here before tomorrow. And I want to get to 8. So I'm not going to preach it. I'm just going to read it. So I hope. Okay. I write to you, dear brothers and sisters who are familiar with the law. Don't you know that when a person dies, it ends their obligation to the law? For example, a married couple is bound by the law to remain together until they're separated by death. We won't go there, but that's God's law for marriage. But when one spouse dies, the other is released from the law of marriage. So then if a wife is joined to another man while she's still married, she commits adultery. But if her husband dies, she is free from the marriage contract and may marry another man without being charged with adultery. So my dear brothers and sisters, the same principle applies to your relationship with God. For you died to your first husband, which is the law, by being when you were co-crucified with the body of the Messiah. So you are now free to marry another, the one who was raised from the dead, so that you may now bear spiritual fruit for God. In other words, God said until, until he died for sin, until God buried your husband, that was sin. Amen? Until God did away with sin. Jesus Christ did away with sin. Therefore, for the first time in history, since the fall of mankind, you are no longer obligated to operate in sin. You're no longer in that contract. So you're free from it. But in that freedom, you can marry another, which is Christ. In other words, my spirit which at the fall of mankind became dead, dead in sin. Couldn't get out of it. No matter what, there was no way for me to get above it. I could try to do good, try to do good, but nothing was going to really be good enough. But Jesus took all the issues of sin and buried it. And when we recognize and we say, I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'm basically saying I'm exchanging the law of sin the law of sin and death, I'm, I'm, I'm divorcing that. I'm separating from that. It's gone. It's dead in my life. It's dead in my life. Amen? Now I can be one with Christ. This stuff is real. This isn't pretend. This is real. So for those of you who live the sin sometimes and think about the sin way and how to do the sin thing, and then you try to, you, you, what are you doing? God's not going to be an adulterer. He's not going to come along and be okay with your relationship with him if you're not dead to sin. Okay? This isn't you trying to die to sin. This is the spiritual reality that sin has lost its power over you. Okay, I want you, if you're born again by the Spirit of God and you recognize you've been crucified with Christ, therefore you have chosen to not live to sin. You make that choice. You make that choice. Okay, I have chosen not to live to sin. When you make that choice. And the only way to really make that choice is to recognize that I would rather be married to Christ. I want to be one with Christ, not sin. I want to be one with, I want Holy Spirit in me. Amen. I want the Holy Spirit in charge of my life, not sin. Here's what you don't get. You are never in charge of your own life. Either sin was in charge and you're constantly being a slave to it or God's in charge. There's no in between. You are not in charge. Satan makes you think you're in charge, but you're not. He's going to take you straight to hell because he knows the sin he has in you. And sin can be pride. It, can, it doesn't have to be murder. It doesn't have to be stealing. It can be prideful. It can be thinking you're better than God. It can be some of the stuff that's being taught called woke. That's all sin. Racism, sin. I don't care what 
what kind of cute label you put on it. Amen? Thinking another race is evil is sin. There's one race. It's called the human race. And they're all created by God. Amen? And every single one of them, no matter what color flesh is on them, is going to hell unless they recognize that they've been crucified with Christ. The richest, the fanciest, the fancy, fancy talking, the, the crudest, the rudest, it doesn't matter. All of them, the, the think they're so good, the, the most famous, they're all going to hell in the human race unless they become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Let's just say that the entire normal human race is going to hell. The entire human race, normal human race is going to hell. But those who are born again by the Spirit of God are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And they don't go to hell. They live eternal starting now. We live spiritually starting now. The minute Holy Spirit comes in, I am now alive in the Spirit. Amen? Amen? You need to get rid of anything that blocks that and wants you to stay alive in your intellect. Amen? My intellect has to bow its knee to my spirit man. And if you made your identity in how smart you are, you might have a really hard time with this. So you need to lay down that identity. That identity is not going to get you in heaven. That identity won't even overcome sickness. That identity won't even make relationships good. That identity is not going to answer anything. Amen? It might make you look like a better person because you're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good. But you have to realize, I no longer live. So God, whatever you want to do with my intellect, you now do with it. Whatever you want to do with my gifting, you now do with it. In other words, it's giving everything that belongs to him anyway back to him to be in charge of. Back to him to be in charge of, okay? All right. The one who was raised from the dead so that you may now bear spiritual fruit for God. When we were merely living natural lives, the law, which defines sin, actually awakens sinful desires within us. That's what Caleb was talking about. When you focus on the sin, it actually awakens that thing to take over in your thinking. Which results in bearing fruit to death. Okay, why? Because your intellect cannot overcome evil. Your intellect cannot overcome sin. Your intellect cannot stop you from sinning. So let's, when we talk about when, when um, the person earlier was talking about lust. The more you're thinking about you don't want to give in to lust, because it's carnal to be thinking about it, you're actually thinking about lust. And everywhere you look, something's going to make you lustful. Because your focus is on sin. Does that make sense? Okay, you have to die to that. All right, you have to die to that. How do I do that? You kick over into who you are in Christ. God, I'm going to run to you. This thing is bothering me. God, I'm going to hear you. Holy Spirit, help me. Give me grace. Help me. You move into a spirit realm. Amen. You move into the spirit realm. See, intellectually as a Pharisee, you're going to think you're doing good, but you're not. It's still there. It's going to come back and bite you at some point. At some point, it's going to ruin your marriage. At some point, it's going to make you fail. At some point, it's going to make you feel like a failure. You never say, I can't get close to God because I sinned. Amen. Sin has nothing to do with you getting close to God. Getting close to God has to do with being born again because you got hungry for God. You recognized he was God and you wanted him. Amen. So with God, you run to him. You look at him. Now, let me say this. Don't get into the fake stuff like everything's great between you and God while you're living in sin. Amen. You should feel conviction. There should be a lot of conviction going on. Conviction is Holy Spirit going, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> That's Holy Spirit. He's not going to say, okay, I'm love, I'm love. Go ahead and do that. It's all right. He, he's going to go, no, stop. He, he's, he's, more, he's more powerful with that than a mom, okay? 
Okay, he's more powerful than that than a mom going, you better not do that. You shouldn't do that. You know you shouldn't do that, right? Remember, God uses the terminology uh, in a feminine way many times talking about the Holy Spirit when it talks about wisdom, when it talks about uh, many breasts at one different things. Because when God created us an image in his likeness, he thought it'd be pretty cool to make women more like Holy Spirit. Don't know what I'm talking about. It's your mom who goes... You know, you know, you have to talk. I mean, if you're a mom, you can just go. And then when there was some fear of mom, amen. And if there was no fear of mom in the right, healthy way, there's no fear of the Lord. The same thing if there's the fear of the dad, amen. Dads don't get it part of the time. Moms get every little thing. Amen. But the kid knows I can go say anything to mom because if you're, if you're healed, amen, because she's going to get it. She's going to talk to me about it. She's going to understand it. Dads are more like, Talk to your mom. <laughs> you know, go talk to your mom. And, but it's okay. He made us in his image and his likeness. Amen. Women too. But we sen- we are more sensitive. In the, that's why he says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's face it. God did not make women and women exactly alike. We are not wired exactly alike. Amen. Does anybody disagree with that? See, the world's trying to make us nuts. Amen. The devil's trying to cause everybody to be confused. And if you, if you got feminine traits, you need deliverance if you're a man. Amen. Amen. You don't need to be woke. You need to be free. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I'm serious. It doesn't mean that you can't be a quiet guy. It doesn't mean you can't be sensitive. But it doesn't mean you're prispotting around and, and, you know, thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about. The Bible says for the woman to be busy at home. It says so. Amen. God. I won't even go there. All right. Anyhow. It's so ridiculous. Can we all at least in church say ridiculous is ridiculous? Amen. God did not give both genders the same ability to nurse a baby. I wonder who he thought should stay home with the babies that would have a nurturing characteristic about them. Dang, that's a hard one. I'm just being serious. Back before bottles and all this other stuff, mama had better have that baby with her if that baby was going to live. Amen? Why? Because God knows what he's doing. I'm not trying to... Hmm. God is merciful, amen? He knows our culture. He knows what's happened in our society. It doesn't mean what he would want, but he knows how it's at. And so, he, but he will still, if you don't have that nurturing thing and you're a woman, you need to go get healed. You need to go get healed. Amen? Well, this may not make it big on Facebook, but I'm telling you, we need to get back to who we are created to be. Amen? Instead of all this confusion, everybody trying to do everything, and then kids get stuck somewhere in the shuffle, and then the schools raise them in craziness. Why? Because they want to make sure they all go to hell. We better start getting our hearts right with God. Lord, show me what to do. I mean, you look at some of the happiest families, and honestly, they've given up big bucks and big things to do this God's way. And their kids are happy. Amen. You just have to seek the Lord. Lord, what do you want? He'll give you grace to have the family he wants you to have. But I promise you it's going to be biblical. Amen. I don't know why I went there, but all right. So when we think about the the law of sin awakens the sinful desires in us, which will bring us to death. So I want you to do this from now on. Okay. And sin is unbelief, all right? Sometimes we just like to think sin is like blatant thing. No, sin is unbelief. Sin is not trusting God. Sin is not trusting God. Sin is not trusting God, amen? Sin is thinking that God did something wrong, okay? So there's a lot of sins. That's why Tuesday nights are so important. Everybody knows what the big ones are. You would hope after this many years in church, most of y'all would be free from that, amen? But it's all the heart. The other sinful attitudes and thinking. But every time we sin, we're going against God and who he is. Don't think on that. 
what he says in his word, think of things that are lovely and pure and of good report. Amen. Don't think of what the devil's trying to do and what he's doing. In other words, don't give your carnal mind all that authority and power. All right. Now we have been fully released. Okay, we have been full. This is born again believers because God lives in you. Holy Spirit lives in you. You have been fully released from the power of the law. We are dead to what once controlled us. So there's not a person in here, if you're born again, who can say, I can't quit doing it because of sin. So I want you to know this. You can't stand before God and say, after you're born again, you can't stand before God and say, I couldn't help it. You just have to make that decision. You're going to stop it. But one thing that's powerful that Caleb said this morning and that the scriptures say is it's not going to work if you're just focusing on that sin. When you focus on the sin, you make it your whole life. It's like right there. Instead of focus on Jesus. Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. He's here to help you. He's the helper. Amen. That doesn't mean he's like the maid service. Amen. It means I'm going to help you. Which guess what? You need help. See, mm, we've made helper like this. Okay, well, if I get in a bind, I'll get you guys. No, you need help. Him, him being a helper is like, wait, I'm here the helper. Because <laughs> you need help. I'm not like sitting back in this role waiting to see if you need help. He knows you need help. You need to wake up and know you need help. Lord, I need help. Well, how, how, much, how much do you know you need the Holy Spirit? He is the helper. I need you to help me to be free from this. I need you to help me to get hungry for God. I need you to help me to care about the things you care about. Help. I need your grace. Grace is his empowerment to help you. Amen. Grace is a supernatural substance that only believers can get. There is no grace for anyone else. And the reason we need to understand these spiritual realities is because they're realities. Intellectual counseling is, has no grace to it. It might help you change your behavior, but it will never change your heart. Grace will change your heart. Grace will change your heart. Amen? Grace will change your heart. Grace will deal with why you keep falling into the same mess. Amen? And, and part of it, the enemy now is really, I think in the day that we're living, he's really trying to get a hold of any area of fear, any area that he still owns in you and make you think like that. So you're running in circles. You're running back to the wrong relationships. You're running back looking for this, looking for that, being entertained by this and entertained by that. We need, has anybody else noticed it seems like it's stronger anymore? Amen. Okay, so we're really in a place of spiritual warfare. We're really in a place that we have to say, no, I'm dead to that. Amen. I'm dead to just sitting there watching boring TV for four hours knowing I should be reading the Bible or something. Now, God doesn't want you to read the Bible legalistically because I feel like I need to do my duty. He wants you really hungry to hear what he has to say. He wants you to spend time with him. It doesn't. Mm, gosh, this is the hard part. The Pharisee spirit, which is from head out of mouth, head out of mouth, says, well, if I read the Bible, you can read the Bible 10 hours a day. But if you're not inviting Holy Spirit to teach it to you and Holy Spirit to help, then you're just making yourself feel better about you. And it's doing nothing to your spirit, man. Amen. I mean, I, I live in this place where it's like, if I'm not doing all the time, I got before the Lord last night and I'm journaling now, which is I, I prophesy. I let him speak to me, to me, through me, but I write it down. I write really fast when I do it. And he tells me such wonderful things. And he was telling me, no, you're in this season right now. I feel like I'm in a season, season like before you have a kid and you kind of nest, you know, you get the house gets ready and you make sure the children you already have and your spouse and everything's kind of happy and you're home more than you're usually home. And it's just really strange to me. And I'm like, Lord, there's so much to be, I need to be doing right now. I mean, you know, there's, there's so much to teach or so much to preach. There's so much I need to learn to do, do the zoom and all this kind of thing. And the Lord's like, I have you right where I have you getting ready for what's coming next. See, but here's the difference. I'm not convicted that I'm not in the word enough or not. I'm, I'm more like 
I'm, I'm like, Lord, I'm not used to not preaching more than this. I'm not used to not going overseas. I'm not used to not counseling somebody on the phone. I'm not used to this much at home time. I'm not used to spending this much time with my family. Lord, so, so what's going on? I just want to make sure I'm not out of your will. Versus the person who's living to the sin, like, I don't want to spend time with God. I wish I better have to go do that. It's, do you get what? Two people can be seeing the same thing, but depending, are you seeing it from the law of sin or are you seeing it from freedom in Christ? Amen? That, that's why to really preach and to really teach, you can't. Because two things look exactly the same and they're totally different. Some people will get this message and go, oh, thank you, God. That's exactly what I needed because that's how I feel. And somebody else is getting the message like, oh, uh, good. I, can, I don't have to read the Bible. And this, she just, you see what I'm saying? Where are you coming from? Are you living under the sin of death? As if God's not real and his spirit doesn't live in you and it's not the most exciting adventure of all time? We have been fully released from the power of the law. We are completely dead to what once controlled us. And our lives are no longer motivated by the way of following a written code so that now we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. This Romans 7 destroys the Pharisee spirit. It destroys legalism. It destroys the religious people who feel good about themselves because they can quote scripture. I'm going to tell you that Pharisee spirit and legalistic spirit has put more people off to the things of God than probably anything else. And it is the one thing Jesus Christ himself came and rebuked. When he talked to human beings, he was very compassionate, caring, even the crazy demonized man and people who were taxed. The worst of the worst, he was awesome too. But boy, you put him around those religious people. He let them have it. We need to get that religious people out of us. Amen. You've turned off so many people in your family and, and you're missing out on what this is really about. This is about one thing. God himself loves us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He has made us in his image and his likeness to fellowship with him, to hang out with him, to have a real relationship, a real relationship with him. Come on, guys. When I ride my bike, Holy Spirit likes to ride bikes. Sometimes I got to pray hard going up some of those hills for Holy Spirit to empower me. And I either listen to worship music or I usually counsel somebody while I'm talking. Sometimes I just talk. I, I would rather seriously ride my bike listening to worship music and talking to God and singing. Because when you ride by real fast singing, people can't hear you loud long enough to know what happened. Especially on hills. Amen. I love it. You're looking at, in my neighborhood, you're looking at deer running around. You're looking at the kids playing and, and the pretty houses and all this stuff. And I just love it. And I just thank him and I worship him. But I'm also exercising. It's not a religious activity. I actually want him to come with me on bike rides. And sometimes I'm talking to the Father. And sometimes I'm talking to the Lord Jesus. And sometimes I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. They're one. He doesn't even care that you know for sure which one you're talking to. In heaven, they don't divide them up like we do here. Amen? Just talk to God. We may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Please spend some time asking Holy Spirit to fill you up. Spend some time asking Holy Spirit to anoint you. Ask the Lord to forgive you if you settled for intellectual Christianity. Ask the Lord to, to bust through your intellect so that you can have that really strong relationship with God. So what shall we say about this? Am I suggesting that the law is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that gave us a clear definition of sin. For example, when the, when the law says do not covet, it became the catalyst to see how wrong it was for me to crave what belongs to someone else. It was through God's commandment that sin was awakened in me and built its base of operation within me to strip every kind of wrong desire. From the absence of the law, sin hides dormant. What he's saying here is when you see all the sin on the television shows and hear it in the music. Let me tell you this. If you think your kids are okay watching garbage and hearing garbage, you're wrong. It is stirring up a desire for sin. 
All the stuff we've been watching and the movies and the stuff we listen to is why there is so few people waiting to marry before they're married to have sex. It's been stirred up in them and stirred up in them and stirred up in them. And then they think about it and try to stop it. And then it gets worse because it just keeps going. That's the law of sin. We need our kids in love with Jesus Christ. We need a youth group. We need to pray in a youth group here. We need to pray in youth group pastors who are so in love with Jesus. That's what was so awesome when we used to have Nathaniel and Leah here who seriously waited till they got married, who seriously had God first. You, I didn't even know they were dating for about a year because it was all they got around you talking about was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I realized, oh, they're actually dating, then they're engaged. But their whole relationship centered on how awesome Jesus was and is. We need to put that thinking in our kids. And believe me, our culture isn't doing it. Our society isn't doing it. Our school programs are not doing it. And unfortunately, most of the church isn't doing it. We've got to understand when they're born again, they do not have to be led by sin. We don't have to put them under rules and regulations and locks and keys and make them think that because they're doing it out of their, I have to do this to make mom happy, it's okay. When your kid is born again, you need to begin to help them to see God will convict them of sin. God will take care of them. God will show them. You need to back off some and let God do what God does. Amen. We're to train them and teach them. But if we know Holy Spirit's in there, we need to let them see Holy Spirit. It will make them feel bad. I've had, I've had my kids come to me, even, you know, when they were like college even. And if they got in trouble, they couldn't stand it. Like, well, my brother told me not to tell you, but I got to tell you this happened. And then because, because they, they had to get it out there. And then, then you just tell them what, the, you know, to repent. You tell them, you know, get it right with God. You, you need to have real relationships with your children where they trust you, where they can come to you and they're not going to get yelled at and screamed at and told how bad they are, but they are going to be led how to get answers from God. Amen? I once lived without a clear understanding of the law, but when I heard God's commandments, sin sprang to life and brought with it a death sentence. The commandment that was intended to bring life brought me death instead. Sin by means of the commandment built a base of operation within me to overpower me and put me to death. So then we have to conclude that the problem is not with the law, for the law is holy and its commandments are correct and good. So did something meant to be good, how did something that was meant to be good become death to me? And the answer is no, certainly it didn't. It was not the law, but sin, unmasked, that produced my spiritual death. The sacred commandment merely uncovered the evil of sin so it could be seen for what it was. For we know that the law is divinely inspired and comes from the spirit realm. But I am a human being made of flesh and trafficked it as a slave under sin's authority. I'm a mystery to myself, for I want to do what is right, but I end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. And now I realize that is no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. And those are fancier words for what Caleb said this morning is like, the more I tried to stay away from lustful things, the more I seem drawn to it. So I want you to get this. That is actually a law. That is the law of sin and death. Okay. There is a spiritual law that is always in operation. And that is, if you begin to think on sinful things, it will draw you deeper and deeper into sin. That's why we should be completely disgusted that we have a state governor who would allow and endorse marijuana. All we're saying is, you know what, you take this and the next thing you're going to want more. And pretty soon marijuana won't do it anymore. And then you're going to bust over into some really dangerous drugs. And then you're going to go deeper and deeper. And if you don't believe me, you should try to set a heroin addict free. You should be someone who spends time with a heroin addict who's a good person who had a call on their life. And all these things going. But that, that drawing of death kept on and on. And most drugs lead to death. And violence to get them and everything else. Why would we endorse that? Period. The same thing with the other abuses of things. There is, a, there is a law that works that says if you take this for comfort, whether it's alcohol or drugs or sexual relationships, if you're doing this to take the place of God, it's just going to take you deeper and deeper into garbage until it takes you to hell. 
and kills you. Amen? But God says, but the more you focus on stopping, the more it's going to take you there. But the more you see Jesus and find Jesus and get healed by Jesus and get drunk in the Holy Ghost and see how good he is and how wonderful he is, all of a sudden, the law of life in the spirit is so much greater than the law of sin. Amen? And now you recognize, wait a minute, in Christ, I have full authority over this. In Christ, I have full authority. One of the most difficult people to get strong in the things of God seem to be people who can do good without God. And they're doing good then replaces the awesomeness of hanging out with God. So I want you to crucify the doing good because you can. Yay, you're self-disciplined. Woohoo. But you're missing out on everything that God is. Amen? You're missing out on how much fun this is, how awesome he is, how real he is. And all you have to do is go before the Holy Spirit and say, forgive me for letting my good replace who you are. I want you to be in charge of my good. I want you to be in charge of what's seen in my life. I'm over this because your good will get you to a point where you can't handle life anymore. Your good can't handle tragedy. Your good can't handle rejection. Your good can't handle uh, the financial mess that's going on in our nation. And then it all crashes down on you because your good was holding it together. God's like, give me your good and exchange it for who I am. Because Jesus says there's none good except him. Amen. All right. Um, and now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. For I know that nothing good lives. Here we go. <laughs> I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longing to do what is right are within me, but the willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires is what my lofty desire to do what is good or dash when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. I want you to get that. Sin stops you from being who Christ made you to be. Looking for relationships to fill voids that only God should be in charge of. You, they're going to backfire people. Have you not learned that yet? My gosh, how many divorces do some people have to go through to catch on that God's the answer? How many broken up relationships? Amen. Now, if you're in a marriage, praise God, get God and that marriage will work. But without God, it's going to end up the same. It's a control person and a passive person. It's back and forth and all this mess. Amen. Everybody get God. Through my experience of the principle, I discovered that even when I want to do good, evil will sabotage me. Truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. Okay, get this. If you're born again, deep down, you want to please God. I, I see people who think they're free and they're not free. Um, one young man in our ministry comes back and goes and comes back and goes. He gets this self-righteous Pharisee thing. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free. And then God comes and deals with something and boom, all of a sudden, they're gone again. Why? Because God knows you're not free. Everybody's mad at me because I got discernment. I know when you're not free. And I'm usually right. I've been right probably maybe 100%. Because I don't try to make this stuff up. Amen? God wants you really free. He doesn't want you walking off, acting free, thinking you're free. Because intellectually you've made yourself kind of free. And then boom, you wonder what happened. And then you blame God. Quit blaming God. You have been set free from the sin from, from sin. You have been set free. You just have to choose to live in the spirit realm. You have to choose to embrace your spirit, who you are in the spirit. And then the other goes away. All right. What, a, what an agonizing situation I'm in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? And then he answers it. I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So it left so if left by myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now by my renewed mind, I'm fixed and submitted to God's righteous principle. So now the case is closed. There remains, and get this, get in this, Margaret, get this. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in a union with Jesus Christ, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life 
flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of our human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with our human weakness, clothed with humanity. God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law is it can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Those who are motivated by the flesh pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. You need to begin to ask the Holy. Let me see this. There's no condemnation. He's not telling you you're bad if you're not going after spiritual realities. He's giving you the answer. Holy Spirit. Maybe I haven't talked to you enough. Maybe I hardly know you, but I do know you're in me. I know I'm not who I used to be. I know I believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. I know I believe in God. I know I don't go along with the world. So Holy Spirit, hi, my name is Cindy. And, and could you help me to enter into these spiritual realities? I, I know some of you think this is so ridiculous to go talk to God. It's not ridiculous to talk to God, people. It's not ridiculous to talk to God. He, he's waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting for you to actually just talk to him. Well, it didn't work right away. Well, that's your fault, not his. Amen. He's not your magic genie in a bottle. Do this now. He's like, you don't tell him what to do. You ask him for wisdom. You don't tell him what to do. Amen. How many know if... Holy, if, he, if Holy Spirit just jumped through our hoops, which thank God he doesn't. And we took demons out of somebody who's nowhere serious about living for God. And seven demons got back in them worse and they died and went to hell in a day. That setting them free would not have been the smart thing. Amen. How many knows he knows? How many knows if he's not afraid of demons? How I many knows that if the devil brought that woman in this morning, because she's coming a few times to disturb the meetings, and she doesn't know it, she's totally out of her mind. But how I many know that devil did not like me laying hands on her? Because he didn't know for sure. Okay, amen? And he, and he could have set her free. Maybe he did. Maybe she'll come back in her cell mine next week. We don't know. Amen? Amen? But how I many know that devil was so upset? That the power of God came in this room and was something we could walk over and lay hands on this woman in love, sincerely wanting her free. How awesome would that be? And it not be about us. Amen. It would be about his love and wanting her free. But how many know if she has no intentions of living for him, she will be worse off. We're not in charge of this stuff. Amen. People screaming and yelling at demons and making people look crazy forever and then they don't really get free and they think they got them free. I'm so over it. I've done this long enough now to know people aren't instantly free a lot of the time. I do know when they do get free, even like when Caleb got free, it was still a season of walking through some stuff and that thing tried to come back seven times worse and it would have destroyed his life. But he had the wisdom to call me or whoever he felt led to call, and it happened to be me, to say, you got to help me. This thing's staring at me trying to get in. And guess what? It didn't get in. And isn't it awesome to watch him preaching and to see him going to nations? Praise God. This stuff is real. This stuff is real. Amen? God's going to use some of the most hurt people who've gone through some things. And nobody picks what you go through. It's not, oh, it's bad because he went there. There's generational curses. There's situations. We live in a culture now, you guys. I can't imagine that almost anybody out there isn't demonized. They teach them witchcraft in school. Why they take away the Bibles. If you watch Harry Potter, you get a demon. Ho! If you watch it over and over and read it, you get that demon really strong. You got kids learning how to do curses in creative thinking or whatever. It, well, they, they don't want the church teaching you how to speak God's word over things. We, we've, we, what have we done? We have seriously let the devil have America. And then we just want a real quick answer. We need to repent. 
Amen. We need to repent and we need to cry out and we need to pray for God's mercy on this nation. Amen. We need real repentance, not Pharisee repentance. A heart that says, man, Lord, I should have never let that in when I did that when I was young and opened that door to my kids. How many know that everybody goes through stuff? Amen. Even the rich, even the fancy, even the ones with pastors for moms and dads that look like they have it all together. The more I hear people get honest about their testimonies, everybody goes through stuff. Amen. The cool thing is God gets the glory when we don't try to take it. God, help us, help us, help us. When the body of Christ comes together and begins to care about each other and want to help each other instead of judging each other and pointing at each other and being puffed up for whatever God does, amen? We can do nothing except what Christ shows us, nothing. Nobody can. A lot of the stuff being taught, it's Christian witchcraft. If they're not hearing from God and being led by God, it's not Holy Spirit. He tells how he does it. Amen. I, I can give some examples of people here who got into some other ministries. I'm not knocking it. And if you went to that ministry led by God, it would be good. But was operating in witchcraft and thought they were healing people while the devil was getting back in to take their sound mind. I think spiritual stuff is pretty serious. Amen. I'm not afraid of it, but I want a heart after God. I want your hearts to be after God. Amen. I want your hearts to be after God. I don't want you just to be shipwrecked. Amen. God's holy. Let's be holy. Lord, help us. We got Holy Spirit in us. Amen. It says, those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh, the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan, refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by their flesh. But when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. Okay, when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you are not of him. Every true born again believer has God inside of them. The very power that raised Christ from the dead, that raised up Lazarus, that healed every single situation you see in the Bible, that cast out totally demon possessed people. I want you all to get it. If you're born again, he lives in you. Nothing's impossible for you. Amen. But you have to make the choice. You have to make the not just an altar call for God to come in. You have to then make the choice to die daily to your flesh and to say yes to God. How do you want us to do this, God? How do we do this, God? Help me, God. I'm telling everybody, y'all can believe me or not, but I'm telling you, I know I'm right. We have entered into the end days. We have entered into a time where if we don't take this serious as believers, we're going to get our butts kicked. Amen. I mean, kicked. I mean, devil is going to come in to this place and try to go bonkers. And a lot of places of losing their lampstands. There's no anointing there at all. Yeah, all it is, is hid knowledge and clapping and they think they're woke. Every woke church had better go back to sleep and then awaken. Amen. Satan is just up to so much stuff. And God's like, here's Holy Spirit. I love him. He's like, I know what I'm doing. Thank you, God. I'm going to bring forth a bride without spot or blemish. She's going to be so powerful. Ho! She will do the greater works. She will look just like the Lord. She'll be powerful. She'll be so big, nothing can stop it. Stop her. And when I say her, it's all the believers who are mature, who are sold out, coming together. Doing the greater works. All of them. For real. Not based on what somebody taught you to do, but based on who lives inside of you. Woo. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Some of these things you need to write down and ask Holy Spirit to make it real. Just make this real, Holy Spirit. Make this real, Holy Spirit. Get everything out of the way. He will. He will. He's the helper. 
We're to be doers of the word, amen? He's to be the helper. He's going to help us do the word. I, I want to encourage everybody, get a really strong relationship with Holy Spirit. Get a really strong relationship with Holy Spirit. Talk to him often, every day. When you're going through something, go to him first. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, I need to understand this. Holy Spirit, help me overcome this. Holy Spirit, take me where I need to be. I mean, we ought to be so desperately in love with Jesus and, and the kingdom and wanting the things of God and wanting to glorify the Father that we are thrilled that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Not like an afterthought at the end of the day if I didn't pray enough. If you take meds, take them until the doctor says you don't need them. But when you take them, could you say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for the day. I won't have to take this anymore. You know exactly how to heal this. Ho! And mean it. Every time my son had to take meds for all those years, I always said, God, I thank you for the day he doesn't have to. God, I thank you for the day. And he kept getting more and more off. See, mm, sometimes it's like you're either all carnal-minded. Well, I'm taking medicines. I'm doing this. This is what the doctor says. And you forget that you're on this journey and you can be doing that because that's where you're really at in your faith. But you can be recognizing where God wants to get you to. Amen. You can be recognizing he wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants not just in your head in a real relationship. Okay, Holy Spirit, you want to get it where I don't have to take these meds for real. Don't just throw away your meds like a nut and die early. Amen. And then just don't act like God's not the real healer because you're on meds. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why can't we walk this thing out with Holy Spirit? Why can't we get real about our parenting? Why can't we get real about our futures and our jobs and everything else? Do you understand what I'm saying? We have a best friend. We have a helper. It's better he's a helper than a best friend. Sometimes your best friends won't really tell you what they need to tell you. Well, I got a friend in God. How about get a helper in Holy Spirit? Help me live this out. Help me die to this. Help me be the parent I need to be. Help me be the wife I need to be. Help me be the preacher or minister. Help me, help me, help me. Y'all should be able to sit down with God every day and give him a list of help me's, but listen to him. Amen? Amen? Run to the doctor. Run to this person. Run to this pastor. Run. run. You don't have to run. He's in you. You don't have to run. You can stop. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, help me see these things fixed that the enemy used in my life to hurt my kids. Help me, Holy Spirit, see my husband healed where, where he's been hurt, even by things I've done. Help me, help me, help me, Holy Spirit. Do you think he's going to say, nope? Ah. Okay, I know my name's the helper, but, you know, I just don't feel like it. You guys, Jesus came as Lord. He did every single thing he was supposed to do to, to be Lord, right? Holy Spirit came as helper. He's going to do everything he is called to do to help. This is really important because I think we see helpers. We, we put Holy Spirit's little names like real fast. Comforter, helper, teacher, friend, you know. No, he is comforter, yes, because usually we get whammed first before we ask him to help. Maybe we ought to ask him to help before we get whammed. And he won't have to be the comforter so much. Amen? I want you to leave this week with homework of spending time with Holy Spirit. Look up Holy Spirit in the scriptures. Especially if you have these, the Strong's, I'm telling you, just find different names and who he is. Recognize him as God. Recognize him as God living inside of you. Nothing's impossible for you because God lives in you. Amen? Not just on the mission field. Every day is the mission field. Wake up in the morning and say, Okay, Holy Spirit, thank you for that good dream last night. Or thank you, Lord, we were up half the night, but we got to read the word. Praise you, Jesus. Help me get through the day. Hey, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? Order my steps. Just help me be where I need to be when I need to be there. And Holy Spirit, I really want your help in convicting me of things I need to see different. 
We have a God who's an ask, seek, and not God. We've talked about that. If you don't ask him, you're not going to get much. Why? Because he gave you free will. Guess what my free will choice is? Help me, Holy Spirit. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Convict me, Holy Spirit. Change me, Holy Spirit. Help me be who I should be. Show me where I need to be, what I need to be doing. Holy Spirit. Does anybody, is anybody's spirit kind of opening up to, wow, there's a lot I need to start talking to Holy Spirit about. And don't talk to him like he can't do it. Well, I've asked before. Well, you obviously didn't ask the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. You didn't ask in faith. Faith can move a mountain. Amen. When you go to Holy Spirit, expect him to be God. Amen. Doesn't mean he's going to do what you want when you want. It means he's going to take you where you need to go to get free. He's going to show you what you need. He's going to show you where you're messed up, not him. Praise God. Amen. When the enemy tries to attack you with the law of sin and death, and, and it's trying to make you go where it wants you, I, I'll just tell you. So I'm sitting here after praying for this woman, right? I wanted to go use hand sanitizer so bad. I'm just being honest. I mean, it was tormenting. It was crazy. It was like outside. We go, go get hand sanitizer. I've been using hand sanitizer a lot as a really seriously way, you know, to keep germs off my hand during the flu mess. Amen. And, and that's that's science. You know, if you stick something on that kills it, it's going to kill it. Amen. But when it begins to try to take over and be your answer, you know, it's like I said, they're going, Lord, this isn't right. That's what I'm saying. This thing's going to say, this isn't right. I'm sitting here worshiping you during worship songs, and you're so awesome. You're present. And I got something telling me, go do hand sanitizer. Now, Lord, if that's you, fine. I'll do hand sanitizer. And, but my flesh wants, that's my flesh. The flesh is trying to say, go take care of the flesh. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not doing it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? See, we, has anybody else got this being louder these days? Okay, for one thing, a spirit of fear has been released. Another thing, we are in a different season. We are really in a different season. So we've got to take this stuff serious, amen? We've got to not run and grab sand, hand sanitizer, which would stop it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, i got to get hand sanitizer, then I'll be okay, I can worship. I'm like, no, because this isn't, this isn't right. This is, whatever's trying to get me to get hand sanitizer, not that I'll use hand sanitizer. Believe me, when I leave here, I'm going to use hand sanitizer. Unless God tells me not to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a tormenting thing when you start to do what the devil wants. And he doesn't back up. He pushes you more and more and more and more until you lose your sound mind. Is this helping anybody? You better rise up and take authority. I am no longer bound to the law of sin and death. Therefore, I don't need hand sanitizer. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to bust through. And if I want to use hand sanitizer, it's just like if I want to use a napkin to wipe my mouth, then I can. Amen. After I eat, I'm, I'm in a flesh body. It's when Satan gets in there and tries to control your thoughts and control your actions and distract you. How many know there's really been a spirit of distraction? Oh, hmm. Friday night at the seven o'clock, we're going to break the power of distraction. Distraction is what's hit our nation. It's a demon. To stop people from seeing what's happened and what's going on. Therefore, you pick it up in the spirit. Somebody write this down. We're going to deal with distraction. I know we've done a little bit. I don't think we've ever really gone after it. Because it's something that distracts. It's just like, oh, think about this. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like you're sitting there ready to worship God. All of a sudden you get this, oh, look at this. Oh, do this. And has anybody seen it being really bad lately? How? Oh. Like crazy bad? Like where is this thing coming from? God, I love you. I like hanging out with you. I like reading your word. Why does this thing keep happening? I don't want to live by the flesh. He's just telling me. Because it's a strong man that's been released in your nation and you need to take authority over it and it's released in your state. Okay, thank you, God. We'll deal with that. Oh, so be here Friday night. I believe everybody... I believe everybody who will take the time to come Friday night, and you could do it at home. I'm, not, I'm just telling you what's going to happen Friday night. If you come Friday night to be a part of this and part of praying for our nation, it's going to bust off you. And you won't hear it trying to get you, get you, get you. And I don't know if it's everybody else, but it's really been after me for about a month or so. 
But I didn't realize God's like, you got to take authority over it. You got to break its power. Quit being distracted from worship. Quit being distracted from prayer. Quit being distracted. Distraction is different than flesh. When it's a spirit, right? It's like something saying, come on, come on, come on. And then it, it starts talking so loud that your heart wanted to read the word. Your heart wanted to watch that Christian thing. Your heart wanted to do this. Amen. But then it just, it's almost like you just do what that thing's saying to get it out of the way. Well, that's just feeding it. All right. We need to fast distraction. Ooh. To fast distraction, you need to set your heart on what you're going to do. And don't be distracted from it. That's how you fast it. And then the more it screams and yells and jumps around and sticks its tongue out at you, the more you know it's a spirit. And then you take authority over it in Jesus' name and rebuke it. Amen? And send it to the pit. Amen? So between now and Friday, for those who are going to come, I want you to fast distraction. Bust through it. Whatever you were going to do before you got distracted, do it. Take authority, cast that imagination down and overcome this thing. Boy, I feel this. This is such a wild church. Lord, help us. You know, it's like <laughs> we're getting homework assignments now. It's too, we have a Tuesday before Friday, right? Well, Tuesday we may study distraction, <laughs> break the power of it, amen, to get us to Friday night when we'll do it for the nation. Ho. Shoo, feel that. All right. So fast it between now and Tuesday. Okay. How do you fast doesn't always mean not eating. You cannot eat if you want to not eat. If God shows you, not you, Suzanne. All right. Fasting is like, y'all know what I'm talking. I can tell y'all know what I'm talking about. Fasting is like that little thing that says, oh, look at this. I'll turn the channel. I'll do this. And you were just about to do something else. You're going to fast that by not listening to it. Say, I, I just rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Shut up in Jesus' name. And then do what you were supposed to do. Cast that imagination down. Amen. And then I'm going to look into it for Tuesday night teaching. See what God shows us. Because that thing is trying to distract you from running the race. It's trying to distract you from being who God's called you to be. And to be prepared for what he has for us right now. Amen. And it's really, and distraction doesn't mean just like, if you, like I went and worked in my garden for an hour the other day and did some stuff. That wasn't distraction. I wanted to do that. I felt led to do that. It was fun doing that. I was hanging out with God while I was doing that. Distraction is a spirit that's trying to get you away from God's will for that moment. Amen. That phone call you're supposed to make, that book you're supposed to read, that thing you're supposed to do. It's not like, don't get distraction confused with just enjoying life. Amen. You can enjoy your life. Riding a bicycle isn't a distraction unless I'm supposed to do something else. Amen. So we're going to separate distraction from enjoying our life because we get the wrong idea that, oh, that's something that's fun. That's keeping me from something that's not fun. Amen. The things of God are more fun than the things of the world. All right. Anyway, sorry. I'm, he's giving me the download for Tuesday. All right. Thank you, God. Whoa. He's like, you were supposed to preach this a couple of weeks ago. You just haven't caught it. I'm like, thank you. I finally caught it. Yay. Anyway, so ooh, this is going to be fun to do by Friday night. By Friday night, we're going to have this out of our hearts. We're going to be free from it. We're not going to say, oh, it's just because of the season we're in. The truth is it is being released, but we're going to start taking authority over the stuff being released instantly. And we're not going to be bound by it and taken in the wrong directions. Amen. So, um, So, Father, we just come before you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have so much to say to us. We thank you that you have so much you want to do in our lives. We thank you that you're our helper. So, Lord, we come before you now corporately, and we ask you to help us to recognize distraction and break its power. That we also don't have a spirit of distraction where we distract others from what you would have them to do. Ho! Oh, Lord, that you would set us free from that. Lord, that you would help our nation, that you would help the church get focused on you and what you have for this season, and that you would help our nation get focused on what you have for us for this season. Woo, man, I feel this. So Lord, I thank you. Lord, I plead the blood of Christ over every person here. I break every assignment and cancel every assignment against them or their families for coming into 
the place where they're going to hear meat of your word. I cancel everything Satan has planned. I bind it. He has no authority in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that this week, as we move into all this that you have for us, it's going to be powerful. I thank you, Lord, by the time we watch that video together on Friday evening, it is going to be a celebration, oh, a gigantic celebration. So, Father, I thank you for angels assigned to every person here, Lord God. I thank you that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in us is greater than, ho, oh, distraction. And so we give you praise for what you're going to do, God. We bless you. We thank you, God. You are mighty and powerful. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.